0: This is The Space Shot, Episode 2, from May 16th, 2017. Yesterday I covered some of the background for Cooper's final Mercury mission, today I'm covering exactly what he did while in orbit and what the results of his mission were. But before I go over the specifics of the mission, I want to briefly touch on how Cooper came up with the name for his capsule. In a Johnson Space Center oral history interview, Cooper recalled how he came up with the name Faith Seven. Well, being the last, it was getting harder and harder to pick a name, because everybody had picked pretty good names before. It was kind of a large responsibility to pick a name for a spacecraft where it's before the eyes of the whole world. But I decided that I had a lot of faith in all my hardware and my spacecraft, and that I had a lot of faith in the launch team, I had faith in myself, and that I had faith in God. And I thought that was just really a dilly of a name, so that became the name, Faith Seven. The interviewer, Roy Neal, mentions how there was concern in NASA that if there was a problem with the mission, that it could have been reported that we've quote-unquote lost faith, and late in the mission, the potential for actually losing faith almost became a reality. One of the first of eleven experiments that Cooper would carry out while aboard Faith 7 was a test of the astronaut's vision in space. He ejected a small sphere, just slightly smaller than a volleyball, that had a few strobe lights embedded into its surface. The purpose of this experiment was to see how astronauts could track other spacecraft while in orbit, and initially Cooper reported that he couldn't see the sphere, but a short time later he reported that he could see the sphere and that I was with the little rascal all night throughout his other orbits. In addition to launching the satellite from Faith 7 for visual tracking, Cooper was engaged in even more experiments inside the cabin. He was tasked with recording radiation levels throughout the duration of the flight during orbits 17 and 18 cooper took infrared weather photographs in addition to the regular pictures he had been taking of everywhere from dallas to tibet on orbits 19 through 21 things started to stack up a little as was the deadpan understatement that cooper relayed to capcom john glenn back in mercury control the automatic stabilization and control systems were both without power so right at that moment That Cooper was supposed to be preparing to fire his retro rockets and re-enter Earth's atmosphere, he had to switch from automatic control to manual control. After going through his final checklist for re-entry, John Glenn gave Cooper a 10 second countdown while Cooper prepared to manually re-enter Earth's atmosphere. Too steep of an angle and he could burn up too shallow of an angle and he could skip off and never be able to re-enter Earth's atmosphere again. After a tense re-entry period that prevented radio communication with the capsule, Cooper and Faith 7 splashed down on target in the Pacific. Once he was aboard the ship that recovered him, doctors noted that he was dehydrated and had lost 7 pounds in his short mission. Cooper felt the mission was perfect evidence that, man, is a pretty good backup system to all these automatic systems, And I think the mission was conducted just like it was planned, in spite of the equipment breaking down. After this final Mercury flight, Gordon Cooper would go on to fly in one Jiminy mission, Jiminy 5. And it's Jiminy, not Gemini, for those of you who are listening. Um, There's a great video put up by Vintage Space uh, where Amy Title goes over the details on why it's actually Jiminy and not Gemini. So I'll link to that in the show notes so you can check it out. Cooper's status after he left NASA was tarnished throughout the years. He was involved in some aviation investment schemes that ended up costing investors a lot of money. Um, And now with the release of Cooper's Treasure on the Discovery Channel, many people in the space community are starting to refute the claims that form the foundation for that show. James Oberg with the Space Review has a series of articles that really debunk a lot of the claims that the Discovery Show makes. I'll be linking to those articles in the show notes if you want to check them out. Tomorrow, I'll be covering the SMS-1, or Synchronous Meteorological Satellite-1 mission, which was the first geostationary weather satellite. Thanks for checking out the Space Shot. It would be fantastic if you would leave a review for the show. Share this video on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, whatever your social network of choice is. i definitely appreciate it. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.